Welcome to Two Mamas and a Microphone, where we talk about authenticity and love and life and fear and just about anything else we feel like talking about. Prepare to laugh a little bit, to perhaps be inspired, and to regularly be annoyed by both of us. I'm Natalie Napoleon. I am a entrepreneur, photographer, and most importantly, a mother. And I'm Amanda Soler. I too am a mama of three, and I'm a professional who helps other people to grow professionally and personally as well. And we're Two Mamas and a Microphone. Where is that? Welcome to Two Mamas and a Microphone. Today we're going to talk about myths, especially those that pertain to women. And, you know, this topic came up because. I am going this evening, going, virtually going, to a launch party for a book written by Andy Simon about the myths of women uh, in business. Okay. Made me think about the myths of just women, just in general. Yeah. So you want to talk about that? Sure. I'd love to talk about that. Well, I gave it some thought and I actually thought about all of these myths Um, But none struck me. This is a stupid one, so I'm just going to start out with it. But the marriage myth. Okay. Because, you know, you watch on YouTube all these things where these girls get these rings and then they're like, ah, and they scream and they're so happy because they have this glittery ring. I I feel like first first and foremost, there's a myth that women love glittery things and that we're just going to get giddy. Because we got something shiny. Yeah. Well, we do. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I remember when Victor and I were thinking about, you know, we kind of saw it moving that direction. I said, listen, you know, I was still traditional enough, I guess, to want him to ask me to marry him. Um, so, but I did have things like, I mean, I he knew better than to go ask my father right. for my hand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that's a really goofy, weird tradition that dates back to when women were objects and owned and you had to go ask the guy for them. Like they were giving away, you know, my husband did that and I thought it was really weird. Yeah. I did. He really, he did. And he bought the ring and he bought me, this is going to sound really selfish, but he bought me a gold ring with a, with a small diamond on the top, knowing I didn't like gold. So first of all, that was interesting. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he, my father owned an insurance agency, so he insured the ring. So when he proposed to me, he gave the ring, the box, the ring box to me in a bag, along with this certificate of insurance, which I just thought was so strange. <laughs> I thought the whole that thing so was funny. so strange. He asked my father for permission yeah. and then insured the ring and gave me the, the certificate. That's so see, I love the way Victor did it. I loved the ring. I loved he, his whole system. He set up this whole dinner and I loved it. It was so, you know, it was romantic. It was awesome. But I remember before it all happened, I said, why don't you give me like a camera equipment? Because I was really into taking pictures at that point. And I said, if you're going to spend the money. And he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I just have always thought that whole like marriage thing, this whole thing. I remember when I got married and you know how you supposed to throw the bouquet and then all these single women scramble around to catch it. Yeah, weird. And then the one who catches it is like, oh, you're going to be the next one to get married. Like, what is that? Yeah, I didn't have a traditional wedding. So I and I never thought I would, to be quite honest. I never planned a wedding. I, when I was a kid, 
when I was a kid, I used to say I would never get married and never have kids, which is really interesting. But I think I always knew I had kids. I just didn't think I would ever get married. Yeah. So I was I wasn't that type of girl that used to dream of wearing a white dress and having a bl- the bling on my yeah. ring, on my fingers. So it's just I can't a, relate to that. Well, and it's such an outdated model in my opinion. You know, I think it's nice to journey through life with a partner. Um, but there are many ways to journey through life. And I think that we have this weird thing, around, especially as it relates to women being so passive in that whole thing. I certainly did not throw a bouquet at my wedding. I was like, we're not doing that. And, as a wedding um, photographer, I hated the bouquet toss and the, and the garter. Yes. It was such a strange. So corny and weird. Not just corny, because who, whomever catches the garter has to put oh, it on true. whomever caught the bouquet. And so these people uh, either don't know each other, or there's a huge disparity in age, or they're related. <laughs> So unless you're in the royal family, that's just weird. You know what? That is weird. That there are so many. Even my dad, when the night before we were doing the rehearsal, and we were getting ready to, my dad was walking me down the aisle, and the the priest said, "Okay, who's giving her away?" And my dad said, "Well, I'm walking her down the aisle, but I'm not giving her away. She's not a couch." Right. And, and the priest said, "Oh, you're." not into this marriage or something. And my dad said, no, my daughter has made a decision to marry somebody, but I'm not giving her away. I'm walking down the aisle with her. And so it's this very outdated model. And I do think it's this myth and that maybe we've all bought into it or a lot of us have that I got to get married and I got to have kids and I've got to have the ring and I've got to be asked in this crazy way. I also remember saying to Victor, Poor guy, but don't ask me to marry you like on my birthday. Like you're the present, right? Like what oh, is that? Point. Yeah. I always think that's a little odd. Like guess what, honey? Yeah. For your birthday, yeah, you get to. And I never had to say that to him, honestly, because he really felt like it was, um, you know, something that was just really about the romance of the relationship yeah. and not about a power situation, a power dynamic. It's funny that you bring that date up because as you were saying that, I just realized that today is the day that Jung proposed to me. And today is also the day that my father died. So those two things happened within two years of each other. And it's also Ukrainian Christmas Eve. So there's a lot going on today, but it's interesting. I thought it was weird that he proposed to me on a holiday. So maybe he thought he was the gift. Yes. I, yeah. I mean, I think, well, I think also men have been just like women buy into these myths, men buy into these myths. Like you're, you know, sometimes you watch these things and the guy like runs out the stadium is like, Hey, guess what, everybody, (laughs) I'm going to ask her to marry me. It's a thrill. I mean, I, I love that Victor had enough humility to not gather people and go like, I'm about to ask this girl to marry me. And (laughs) she is going to be thrilled. (laughs) We did it at the, at the, I had no idea it was going to happen. It was at the dinner table when we were sat down to eat our Christmas Eve dinner. My mother started crying. Oh, it was just such a weird experience. Plus, yeah. I was 19, so That's it was young. a weird experience. That is really young. Yeah. So you were 19 when you got engaged? Yeah, but we didn't get married for like another 10 years after that. We had kids and 
bought a house and started a business before we actually got married. So it was an interesting path. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so this morning I woke up at 4 a.m. and I was reading through the news, which I, I do sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night. And I was reading an article about how uh, Blake Shelton just proposed to Gwen Stefani and how it's been five years since they started dating and how she thought that she wasn't sure where the relationship was going because he hadn't proposed to her. So it's interesting. I guess she buys into this myth as well. I'm thinking, well, if you wanted to marry him, within these five years, why didn't you ask? Exactly. Yeah. Or if you weren't happy that he wasn't asking, why didn't you just walk away? I mean, these are easy questions to ask. Right. But yeah, exactly. I a hundred percent agree. And I do think that it's these myths that we've kind of said, this is the way it is. And, um, and I think it takes people challenging those assumptions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I lost my, um, my wedding ring and my engagement ring because I put them down and we think that my daughter, one of my daughters who was like two and used to throw away shiny objects. Um, you searched through those garbage bags. We did, but it was, you know, I don't know where they, I don't know where they went. (laughs) Maybe they'll turn up one day, but you know, we didn't replace it and I don't wear one. And it's interesting people's reaction to that. Mm. Like you can be married and not wear a ring. What is that? And what does that mean? Or, what about if you're not married or what if you live the single life? We have a lot of um, preconceptions and a lot of them are about women and their worth. Yeah. You know, men do can be single. They, men get away with a lot of life choices that women really don't get away with. Absolutely. Our worth is defined sometimes by a ring or by does a man want to marry me or just, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can at least grow into does a woman want to marry me yeah right right that's a good <laughs> but point. it would be great if we could define ourselves by our worth not by who wants to marry us. our internal worth and not our yeah. external worth because yeah. oftentimes we're also judged based our worth is be, judged based on what we look like that's a great that's another myth women should be pretty yeah and pretty is this is what's pretty yeah which i just learned is called pretty privilege Oh, interesting. Yeah, Lars, my oldest, just told me that. That is you know, interesting. Some, some of some people are able to take advantage of something called I pretty that. privilege. Which, for me, you know, okay, I have pretty privilege, mm-hmm. so I've actually struggled with that all of my life because I push back when people are are drawn to me because of how I look on the outside. I want them to be drawn to me because of my substance. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even um, I think that I also experienced this thing growing up where people think this is a little different. It's not pretty privilege. It's just offensive. People think blonde women are stupid. Right. And, you know, when I was younger, my hair was very, very bright blonde. And, you know, people think it's cute to think that you're stupid. Yeah. Like it's like adorable. It's, yeah. I hate and, when people say, oh, you're so cute. I yeah. hate that. <laughs> yeah. And they would just laugh and, and I'm a little goofy anyway. Yeah. So it comes, it can come off as stupid, yeah. but that was something that I kind of, um, really hated. Sure. I didn't want to appear stupid. Right. <laughs> Call me crazy. Well, you're certainly but, not. Thank you. Maybe that's why you have thank such you. a I do make large you. vocabulary. Me? You know what? I love to read. Well, and I, do I think know, that's, but, but maybe I, you... I don't know. Maybe don't you read because you're yeah. trying to 
I don't feel like it. And I'll tell you why. We're just readers in my family. Yeah, my mom yeah. wouldn't let us watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really why. Yeah. But I do think that there are certain things that I try, try to, um, you, you know what? I think I've surrendered it, honestly, mm -hmm. at this stage in mm -hmm. the game. So I have to like think back to when I was younger. A lot of the, the things about my appearance really related more to when I was younger. Sure. Um, sadly, there's like no privilege that comes with being over 50. <laughs> being <laughs> over like, 50, the mindset is the yeah, yeah. Well, actually, that is true because you do kind of surrender a lot of that. But there is this, this, there is this expectation that women are supposed to be, to look a certain way and also be pleasant. Yeah. We are really supposed to be very pleasant. Yeah. And make everybody feel good. Yeah. And I admit, I subscribe to some of those myths as well. I grew up in a household where my mother encouraged and still encourages those myths. So my children will oftentimes accuse me of being sexist. And I hate to say oh, it, yeah. but I am. Sure. I think we all are sexist to a degree because we breathe the air and yeah. sexism is in the air. A lot of our modalities are sexist. Our history that we're taught is sexist. Yeah. I mean, don't you, we all learned about our white guys right. who founded the country, you know, right. and the books, the literature we, we read. The money we look at every day yeah. has white men on it. Yeah. The money, the books, when you're younger, you read, you know, Faulkner and Shakespeare and, a lot of white guys. Yeah. And so I do think that it's natural. Sexism is a natural state and it takes a willingness to break free of that. Yeah. I mean, I think my mom and dad were non, they were traditional, non-traditionalists. Mm. You know, they did everything like from the outside looking in, my dad worked, my mom stayed home. Yeah. You know, my dad was in the military and then worked for the military and we went through 12 years of Catholic school. It looked very traditional, but we were raised not to be traditional. So it was a dichotomy that I still carry forth mm. into the world, I mm -hmm. think. You know, and I think that pleasant thing, though, I bought into that as well. Yeah. And I wanted everybody to be happy and I wanted to be pleasant. And I think part of that I broke free of a little bit. I've talked a little bit about when Clara was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And because it was such a life or death situation, mm -hmm. um, I would have to have conversations with myself about being unpleasant and mm. disagreeing mm. because people were saying to me, this is it. Yeah. She has no hope. Yeah. You need to go home. Let us try to save her. Yeah. We don't think we will. And this is how we're going to do it. And you know, I when you were disagreeing, did you preface it with and well, maybe I'm wrong or mm -hmm. I'm not a professional? Well, that's good. That's well, good I were. didn't preface it like that, but I did do certain things. Like I knew that they would listen to the nurse before me. Mm. So I would sit there and talk with the nurse. And then I would say, you know, I'll bet you if you said this, mm. they would, you know. And so the nurse would be my advocate without even almost realizing it. Mm. I also try to look normal. Although when I look back at pictures, I look insane, but I tried, I knew that people would listen if I had some semblance of normal looking, even though I was sitting up for Having it five months in right. a chair, right. you know, I just wanted to look, but I also do remember one time asking for help. I knew that Clara needed it. It was like two in the morning. Everything had dropped her heart rate, her oxygenation, and everybody kept saying it's okay. 
and they left me alone. And I was like, I need to stand up and yell to get somebody here because the buzzer wasn't working. And I remember this whole argument internally that it is so inappropriate for me to stand up and yell to get help. And then I said to myself, are you going to let your daughter die because you want to obey the rules and be pleasant and agreeable? Yeah. And so I, I did, I yelled and I did get what I needed and it was a huge drama, but, and it all worked out, but I almost feel like I cracked something open that night. Mm. I feel like I crack things open with yelling all the time. <laughs> so for me, I'm always wondering why do I have to yell in order to get what I want yeah. or to have what needs to be done done. Yeah. yeah. It, your story reminds me of a story I heard of a woman that was having a heart attack. She walked into the emergency room and with having a heart attack and she said, well, maybe I don't really know. I'm not a medical professional, but I feel some pain in my chest or whatever she said. And I think it's because she prefaced it with the I don't really know phrase that they let her go. They sent her home. Well, she died of a heart attack in the parking lot walking back to her car. So I think oftentimes as women, we're afraid to voice what we really know and what we really feel to yeah. be true because we're women and we're not going to be taken seriously or maybe right. we don't think we should be taken seriously. And maybe we haven't been taken seriously. I mean, I know also I learned how to couch language because I could tell that something was off-putting. Mm. You know, professionally speaking, a man could come in and go, I don't like this, I do like this. And sometimes when I tried that, especially when I was younger, didn't work. Mm. So I would say, this is great. And what if we did this, mm. you know, and then you, you almost subvert a piece of yourself and it becomes that thing that we've talked about in the past where I just am checking in to see if, right. Or I'm sorry for my delay, or I'm sorry, you know, it becomes this whole appeasement. Right. How can I appease you and make everything okay so that you'll take one kernel of what I say seriously? Well, I've always done the reverse. and I've always said what I meant. I'm a very straightforward type of person. Black and white, this is what it is. This is what I think. And I'm in the same place as you because I feel that because I'm that way, people don't respond to me um, yeah. as, as well because I'm not willing to ease them into it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have adjusted and to use that whole like pandemic term pivoted <laughs> and you know, I keep changing it up and, and you know, I do what works for me and I don't know how to not say what I think. I haven't really, I didn't really get that gene. So I do say it, but I, I just have kindness as my overriding. I like that, you know, guide. Yes. And, um, but I do consciously take the word just, out yes. of my emails <laughs> and I'm sorry out of my language and I try to replace it with thank you, which people yeah. are telling me, but I just think pleasant is really another one. Oh, this is <laughs> here's something that's going to really set people off. But the whole like God is a man thing. Mm. I know that I don't think that's a, woman, a myth about women, but everybody, I think it's so crazy to think that if you're somebody who believes in a higher power, to identify that higher higher power as a man, which has been a white done. man nonetheless. Well, it could even be in Buddha, like Buddha's guy, and you know, Muslims. I don't know much about that faith, but I'll bet it's a guy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I think in many many Allah. faiths, it's like 
a guy. Yeah. And I just think that's an interesting, I think that if, you know, my belief is probably that gender doesn't play a big factor into, you know, I do believe in, um, you know, a divinity, a divine presence um, of some sort. I don't believe that it probably has a gender. If it does, I'm guessing it's more non-binary <laughs> than male. Yeah, I, I'm agnostic. I don't believe in God. Um, but I do believe that there's a collective energy and I, I don't think it's a person. I don't think that we can really qualify it. I think that it's just a, a force. Right. And I think that you have to say back in the day and historically speaking, that God is a man and our father, because men are the leaders historically speaking. And that is a myth. Yeah. You know, I do think that's a myth that needs to be shattered. And yeah. I think it's um, very pervasive in religious circles. I mean, and I speak, I have really mainly been in the Catholic faith. It's very, very pervasive about men. Men are the priests. Women can't be priests. Oh, yeah. My Why mother not? subscribes to that. She doesn't think a woman should ever be a priest. She doesn't think a woman should ever be in power. And Why? Because that's how she was raised, I suppose, in her Orthodox Christian religion. Um, women should never be in power. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that if you look at a lot of the world's ills and evils, mm -hmm. um, you might find that if women were in power, there potentially could be less of those ills yeah. and evils. And so I think that's a myth. Um, I can only hope that we can take the lessons we learned in 2020 and really start to apply them in 2021. You and I were talking about this privately before we started our conversation. I feel like we're so anxious to get back to pre-2020 life that we're trying to live our pre-2020 life in a post-2020 world. I mean, first of all, please let the kids start school at 9.30 <laughs> because this 7.30 Bullshit isn't working for me anymore. <laughs> I used to be a morning person. I am no longer a morning person. Well, I like waking up early. I like waking up before in the morning, but I want to take my time. I want to ease into my day. I want to do my 30 minute meditation. I want to do my 30 minute to an hour yoga sequence. I want to eat my breakfast and drink my coffee, read the news, and then get up and take a shower and get dressed. And that all takes like five or six hours. <laughs> <laughs> so let the kids go to nine to school at 930 and end at 330 instead of 117, because then I'm just getting the call at 130 asking when I'm going to be done at work. And I just got to work. <laughs> I do think that it's all about challenging societal norms. Yeah. And I think whether you're talking about the myths of the institutions that we support or what our kids should be doing or what men act like, which is a topic for another day, what women act like, you know, when people talk about, you know, feminism, I think it's more about just liberation and it's not women's lib or liberation. It's really about liberation to be who we are, yes. regardless of our gender. Human liberation. It's human. That's a great term. Human liberation. I think and I think that we really do, all of us have a responsibility to look at everything. You're only here one time, unless you're here multiple times, but you're only in this body one time and make it count. You know, do you really have to accept everything that you've been 
spoon fed. Yeah. I like to tell myself in the morning, this day is your own. It is your day. You can live it the way you want to live it. You don't have to succumb to the pressure you feel from how other people expect you to live your life. I think that's like a perfect thing that we could end it on. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. And I also want to tell our listeners that we have just discovered Clubhouse. So we are going to jump into Clubhouse after our podcasts from now on. So you can join us on the stage and ask us any questions, give us your feedback, tell us what you want to listen to, what Disagree you don't want us. to listen to. <laughs> you can say, what do you mean? God is a man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is okay. You're more than welcome to, welcome to your own opinion. But join us over in Clubhouse. If you need an invitation, shoot us a message on Facebook. We have a Facebook page for two mom was in the microphone. So just find us in there and let us know. Yep. Have a great day, everyone. Make it your own. Yep. That was very good. <laughs> Bye.